From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan. And, of course, our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl. Al Ramsey here with us as well. And some special guests tonight that uh, we're going to introduce to you in in just a few moments. Had a great weekend. Didn't we? Here in the uh, greater Modesto area. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he says, you know, we talk to out-of-town people, and they go, where are you from? Stanislaus County. Is that where Modesto is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's where the, you know, the Peterson thing was. And that's where, you know, you say, and it, it, there is such good stuff going on here. And I uh, had the opportunity today to uh, talk to our county superintendent of schools, Tom Shanyon. And uh, there is a, a wonderful uh, push that's going to be coming, an emphasis here in the county on civility. And a lot of reasons for that. And, and some of it stems from some of the board meetings that we've all been to over the years, uh, you know, where the <laughs> lack of civility yeah. is just amazing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I've been, I, I read the op-ed pages mm-hmm. in, in the newspaper because you got to do that to keep your finger on the pulse of what people are concerned about. And it just amazes me how many people have a mat on, you know, and mm-hmm. as they're just not mad. I mean, they're, they're, they're just uncivil, yeah. Right. Yeah. you know, in, in, in the way that they uh, communicate. And <laughs> we're just talking about that. And uh, so I'd met with, um, the county superintendent today, and there's going to be a, a countywide emphasis on this, and especially in the schools. And uh, at ABC, we're privileged uh, to be part of that now, and uh, we'll be telling you more about that. So we'll make sure that we'll, we're civil here on the uh, on the air as well. <laughs> uh, by the way, and, and thanks to the University of Phoenix, what yeah. a wonderful partnership there is, and, and uh, you had a wonderful yes. time there, right? We certainly did. Yes, it uh, was on site at their campus in uh, Salida, where we were, and uh, got to meet. Uh, with a lot of folks there, and it was just wonderful. We had a table display. I met a lot with a lot of the students and faculty. I want to say a big thanks to Amanda, Carlos, and Philip, and of course all of our Phoenix friends, as we affectionately refer to and them. And they're hitting the ball out of the park. They, they really are. are. A wonderful Indeed, group are. of people. Yes. Wonderful servants. And uh, just a, a thank you to all of you who uh, joined us here in the area for the uh, Airport Neighborhood Cleanup and Beautification Project this uh, past Saturday. Uh, a lot of people from area churches were out, volunteers uh, from the local neighborhoods out. And uh, last year, we were uh, there in, in May, right? Yes. Or April or May, May and, and September. And uh, we took about 59 tons 
of debris out of the alleyways and byways. Yeah, that's of the a lot of area. stuff. I that, don't care how you that's that a, a lot, lot of stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah, even I you know only my garage rivals that. I think. <laughs> and uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Al's, Al's seen <laughs> my garage. He can uh, he can attest it. We think Jimmy Hoffa could be in that, yeah, but we don't know. We don't want to go there. But anyway, yeah. Where was I going with all of this? Airport, yeah. Well, anyway, so that was a wonderful experience last year. Had the privilege of returning uh, this Saturday Mm -hmm. and uh, partnering with the uh, City of Modesto Mm -hmm. uh, Parks and Rec, and also with the uh, County uh, Stanislaus, and uh, and and of course one of the most important partners on Saturday was the Sun Valley Portable Rentals. Those of you who've been in the military and fire service will Very recognize those as honey huts. Um, <laughs> but those are the you know facilities that you need uh, from Nicely time to time, and and uh, we thank Sun Valley for donating those uh, do. uh, to us. Uh, Doug Smith from Modesto Covenant did a wonderful job of, of getting some of the support services uh, together for us. I want to thank Celebration Church mm-hmm. for uh, offering to open its facilities to all the volunteers and being there. And again, uh, thank you to the uh, city of Modesto and the county of Stanislaus for your wonderful support. They had the big uh, the jaws out there, ah, the claws. The claws. Yes. Jaws. That was the James Bond guy, right, with the metal teeth. Yeah. Remember that? There you go again. <laughs> yeah, Richard Keel, right? Is that okay. no? Ke- no he's like seven feet no. tall. Or he's like seven feet tall, and and so are his metal teeth. You know, I mean, it's just amazing. The guy's a believer. Did you know that? Really? Yeah, he's well, very good. dynamic. Uh, right on. He lives in lives in California. Cool. And uh, you know. Back Why was I even going the there? With the, oh, the claw. the claw. Yeah, the claw. Yeah. So the claws were out there. That reminds me of the get smart thing. Remember the claw? Anyway. Anyway, they had the, <laughs> they had the claws out there scooping up stuff and, and, and Jilton, um, disposal company had its packer truck there and that was pretty impressive. It has this huge, big claw that comes down off the side of the truck. It reminds me, remember those Tonka toys? Well, Elaine probably didn't play with Tonka toys, but <laughs> Al, too. you played with Tonka. <laughs> Real men played with metal Tonka toys, you know, when we were, not, not this plastic stuff today. But anyway, reminds me of the little <laughs> arms that come out, you know, and, and you kind of move it and, and you pick up stuff and put it in. Yeah, that's what guys get into, you know, when we're small. I played cowboys and had forts, too. Fine. I did. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You did? I did. Back to the claw. <laughs> so you might have had Tonka toys. Is I that what did you're... have Tonka toys. Lincoln logs. And Lincoln logs. I did, yes. <laughs> I love yes. So I we've gone from Tonka yeah. toys, Lincoln logs, to the dementia to... tour that, that Al took today. <laughs> right? You you took that, and it was a, it was an amazing. We had uh, Rick Carson here, what, two, two or three weeks, weeks ago? weeks ago, yes. Amazing yes, experience. Uh, yeah. Right? And, and Cynthia, you did you go through that as well? She was there. You were there. And I was there. Today, yes. you, you were there, before, yeah. and awesome. you were watching I mean, Al I got to watch get him. demented. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, there's a wonderful thing, and we thank Rick Carson for introducing us uh, to that. So, now having made a mess of the introduction here, why don't we check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news of another real-life Jesus freak. It's 1997, 
Gao Feng, a 30-year-old worker at the Chrysler plant in Beijing, collects signatures to properly register a Protestant church with the communist government. But authorities not only refuse, they arrest Gao. He endures hard labor and brainwashing. When they take his Bible, Gao begins a hunger strike to get it back. Handcuffed to a chair, they place a bowl of food in front of him and shock him with the cattle prod, screaming at him, Eat! His spirit is not broken. And at his release, Gao says, I would prefer to be in prison for two years than to do nothing for God. For more stories of the heroes of the faith, go online to persecution.net. You know, you know that's an amazing thing. And, and you look at what's happened in China uh, over the centuries as far as the, the, the spread uh, of the gospel there. I did a funeral uh, just, uh, what, two weeks ago mm-hmm. for a woman that was born in 1924, I believe it was, in, in China, just out of uh, a couple miles out of, of Shanghai. And at that time, um, Chiang Kai-shek and, and many of the you know names that we uh, grew up with were just coming to power at that time. And she happened to be born in a family that was part of a Presbyterian church that was registered with the Chinese government. And to be registered, at least at that time, you know, you had to observe certain things and you had to, you know, do some things and, and not do others. But anyway, the, uh, the light was, was shown anyway. And, uh, just a, a wonderful, uh, dynamic woman and, and her, uh, children also, great believers, came, uh, to the United States many, many years later in the, uh, in the 19, uh, 1980s. But they had some, uh, pretty interesting stories. They came here to America right after Tiananmen Square. Uh, the the uprising uh, there happened because at that time the Bush administration had had relaxed the uh, immigration uh, requirements a little bit. But anyway, it's just a fascinating history as you look at what's happened in China. Uh, friends of our of ours had uh, incredible incredible uh, influence there in terms of working with the government, allowing uh, believers to come in to educate. Uh, people and to teach them English in in some of the schools. So there are various ways to to uh, get the gospel in there. And uh, again, this uh, this voice of the martyrs uh, today just just reminds us the amazing way that God gets through to a culture, mm-hmm. even though it may seem uh, violently opposed to what's going on. Indeed, let's look at the various ways we can volunteer. As we have a fascinating interview for you, dear friends at home tonight. The Volunteer Center of the United Way has the American Heart Walk. It's 19th annual. Talk about some longevity. The Heart Walk, the signature fundraising event to help save lives from heart disease and stroke, is going to take place Saturday, September 25th from 9 to noon at the Modesto Junior College East Campus. The event promotes physical activity and heart-healthy living in a fun family environment. Volunteers, here we go, ages 16 years and older, younger, needs an adult, uh, are needed Friday on the 24th from 2 until 8 to promote major setup support and the day of the event between 6 a.m., that's right, bright and early, Pastor Mike, to 12 noon to help out set up and tear down, helping to register participants, uh, staff resting stops with refreshments on course, and helping with fun children's activities and face painting and all that kind of stuff. Individuals and groups are also invited to collect donations and join in the walk. All participants are treated to a continental breakfast, lunch, prizes, giveaways, and uh, just enjoy the live entertainment and family fun. I always wonder when they say that, which continent are they talking about? Um, probably this one, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. I think. Uh, Con- 
anyway, that's right. Anyway, well, you might I was going to make a comment, but I'm probably... I'll go and find out which go cotton and find that out they're bringing and, the breakfast and then you'll from. know. Businesses are also invited to participate in the Employee Wellness Program uh, as prior to the event. The American Heart Association is the largest voluntary health organization fighting heart disease, stroke, yeah. and other cardiovascular diseases in local communities throughout America. That's a, a great thing. Series Partnership for Healthy Children. We're going to get healthy here yet, you think? 15th Annual Family Resource Fund Fest for them is going to be celebrated also on the 25th, and that'll be from 11 till 3 at Whitmore Park in Series. It's a small park, but they do great things. This free event for all ages is packed with fun games, activities, prizes, food, family resources, and community information. Volunteers ages 14 years and older are needed to help out with setup, cleanup, decorations, balloons, refreshment stands, games, bounce house. That ought to be Yay. Fun. Hey, Mike loves that. I love the bounce house. Face painting, uh, manage raffles, greet and place vendors as they arrive, and lots, lots more flexible shifts are available between 9 and 5. Uh, volunteers should be energetic uh, and interact with lots of children and, and be able to stand for long periods of time. And of course, or bounce. Or bounce wanna, around. There you go. The series partnership for healthy children promotes family unity, healthy choices, and proper parenting uh, techniques and provides real help for families in need. So you might want to check out one of those two fun things to do that day. Now, El Concilio Community Center is having a bi-national health fair. That's happening on Sunday, October 3rd, between 9 and 1, and that's at the Hanshaw Middle School. That's in Modesto. And this community health fair is going to provide free services to the public, including medical, dental, acupuncture, uh, diabetes screening, mammograms, very important, mental health education, community resources, health workshops, activities and prizes, volunteers ages 16 years and older uh, needed to help out with registration, to direct patients, child care, refreshments, and mostly especially Spanish-English interpreters uh, to assist physicians and patient contact. Medical, dental, and vision professionals are also needed to uh, provide medical services. Volunteer shifts available between 7 and 3. El Concilio, serving the Latino population, aims to create self-sufficiency through counseling, referrals, education, and information. And AVC is a part of the El Concilio, the uh, Latino Emergency uh, Communications Council. And we've been uh, on that council for several years now. And we uh, offer emergency preparedness uh, literacy. If any of you uh, belong to uh, Latino uh, church groups, organizations, and you would like to have some of this uh, information, just give us a call here at 209-544-9571. We'd be happy to pass along some of that information to you. If you have any questions about this, uh, give us a call on that. And if you have any uh, questions about any of these volunteer opportunities, give Barbara Borba a call. She's at 209-524-1307 extension 113. She'd love to talk to you. We love Barbara. She's been here on Lighthouse Mm. with us. And, uh, or you can email her. She likes that too. Bborba at uastan.org. And uh, we'll be talking about another uh, healthy aging summit affair coming up. Jill Erickson's on the show with us uh, tonight and we'll be uh, telling you all about those things coming up here a little bit later on in the program. Here at AVC, you know, uh, at the uh, Phoenix University Friday night, people were asking us 
Actually, we were asking them a question on their scavenger hunt, and they got a little stamp and a little prize if they got the question right. We were asking them, what is the most requested or what is the most item needed for household furniture here in Stanislaus County? And if they got the correct answer, they received the prize. And um, the correct answer was, of course, beds. And in the uh, appliance section, it was refrigerators. Mm. And yes, absolutely. So <laughs> beds are the number one thing that we have need for for families here in this county. Uh, twins, first of all, and full, and then uh, queen size. So if you have beds to donate, dear friends, give us a call. We have uh, furniture friends, as we call them, uh, that are able to come and pick them up and then distribute these beds to homes uh, that are in need of these items. And refrigerators, we want to stress that they need to be working. We don't want broken down refrigerators <laughs> that aren't going to keep uh, food cold, but we want working refrigerators and clean, please. We want to stress that they need to be clean. Uh, also, washers and dryers. Uh, most dryers uh, nowadays uh, are asked, requested to be electric. Most people are using electric dryers, uh, but you know if you have gas dryers, that's good too. But again, working units, uh, we want those to be working. And bicycles. A lot of bicycles are needed uh, mm -hmm. for people to... Uh, um, for transportation sure. uh, to look for, for work. So our furniture friends will pick them up and deliver. Call us at 209-544-9571, and we will make those, uh, those connections for you. Well, we have uh, two dynamic women uh, joining our roundtable tonight, and you are going to be enlightened, and we are just uh, delighted to welcome back our dear friend and partner in the community, Jill Erickson, from the Area Agency on Aging and Veterans Administration. We're just welcome back to Jill. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for joining us. And for the very first time here at Lighthouse Live, we're happy to welcome and introduce to you Cynthia Wilson with Unique Imaging. Welcome to Cynthia to Thank the you. show. And uh, recently, Cynthia gave a fabulous uh, presentation at STOAC, and that's the acronym for Services to Older Adults Advisory Council. <laughs> Mike's going, I don't know. That's, that's why we let you answer the phone here. <laughs> I can't hardly remember my name some days, but that's very impressive how that just kind of rolls off your tongue. That way. But we're going to have some fun impressive. with Cynthia and, and, and photo art and imaging and therapy and, and a lot of that stuff. And, and Jill, we just uh, we want to uh, welcome you because you have a need that first of all, we want to make our volunteers aware of. There's some peer counseling available to our volunteers and a very needed thing. Why don't you explain that to us and tell us all, sure, all about sure. that? Sure, thank you for having me, first of all, and, and I appreciate this because I definitely am trying to get the word out. Um, we have new programs, you know, thankfully with Behavioral Health and Recovery Services under the Mental Health Services Act. These programs have new funding so we can provide in-home counseling to older adults that are free regardless of their income, regardless of their insurance, uh, at no cost. So we have a variety of different programs, and I can talk a little bit more about them, but one is called PEARLS, Program to Encourage uh, Active and Rewarding Lives for Seniors. And That's the one, pearls. yeah, pearls. Everything has an acronym. acronym. Mike, yeah, I know. Sorry, Mike. Is, <laughs> is there a test on this? Later, there will be. <laughs> the main gist is that there's a bunch of new programs, and peer counseling is a way. Pearls is, is a program we have paid professional counselors going in home to help people who are at risk of depression. Mm. And peer counseling is a much more general program where we have 
basically volunteers, also peers. So we're looking for people who are 55 or older to, that have had some life experience, can share some life experience with people to just go into their homes and help be like a friendly visitor, but also a support system for people who might not have support, wow. someone to listen, someone to just care about what they're going through. And it can be anything. Uh, we get requests to have someone come by and, and kind of help them get through a rough time, whether it be they had a loss of a spouse or a change in a health condition, maybe a new diagnosis for some chronic illness, mm. you know, changes in their independence. Like if they unfortunately have a, a surgery like a hip fracture or you know knee replacement, or it's hard to deal with those things or something as simple as it sounds to all of a sudden have to give up driving mm. and the loss of that kind of independence can really mm-hmm. take a toll on a person. So any of these life changes, excuse me, it could be a relationship change. It can be, you know, so many, whatever reason you might have for asking for a little bit of help, a little support, we were assigned a peer counselor. So it will always be the same person, someone who will come to visit you weekly and kind of just be with you to support you through that time. Um, obviously, a lot of churches and groups have teams that will go out but what we offer, if you want to be one of our peer counselors, is training, specific training on things like depression, um, physiology of aging, about the different chronic illnesses, about how to communicate. What and an opportunity. It is an opportunity. It's a 30 hours of initial training to be a peer counselor. So it can help people who are already doing these kinds of things to, tone, to hone their skills and to be out there for people not only of their congregation or their group or club, but the community. Um, so they have opportunities, more opportunities to volunteer on a larger scale. Because people access services through different ways, and but we're all sure. in it together. Jill, <laughs> uh, that 30 hours, how is that uh, divided up? Is that over a couple of weeks? Or? Yes, it is. Uh, initially, our first class actually begins this September 21st, and I think we have eight folks signed up already. Right. So we're doing well, and we are going to have at least another, if not two, three classes each year mm-hmm. um, to bring more volunteers in. So the class initially is going to be Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1 to 4 for, I think it's uh, 10 total sessions. I think it's over a seven-week period. So 10 total sessions of three hours for the 30 hours, every Tuesday and Thursday starting on the 21st of September. Um, And they are going to be led by a licensed um, clinical marriage and family therapist. Great. So Kim Malik Hutzel, Mm -hmm. um, she is also part of STOAC and our Commission on Aging. and. Um, she's the professional that's going to be their, their clinical supervisor, so to speak. It's, it's um, not as structured as the PEARLS program, but at the same time we want to offer support in the training and then ongoing support. So every other week they're going to get together as a group, all the peer counselors, and share stories about, mm. you know, learn mm. from one another and their experiences with the, with the clients so that they can learn how to handle that and get some help and support from a from a you know, professional counselor. So we want to encourage more people to sign up for this training. It's right? a way we can do more. It's that train-the-trainer type of model where we can, you know, we couldn't afford to pay for professional counselors to go into every home. Right. But it, just like this, when you reach out and more people volunteer, we can do so much more. Now, what type of time commitment uh, are we expecting of the volunteers, say, on a weekly basis? Well, we're hoping that, you know, initially you can have just as much as one individual that you'll visit and, and weekly. So we expect a one to two hour visit, mm-hmm. um, and you know it depends on them how much the connection is and how much they want sure. to devote to that. But that's the minimum. We're asking for a weekly visit, and sometimes I think that they'll become a you know a person who might call you. So a lot of that's going to be their own limitations. Uh, but we don't want to we don't want to overwhelm someone either. So we have to set some parameters. Sure. But initially, it's really about weekly visits and making sure you're just checking in and supporting that person, someone to care about. 
Well, and if you look at our demographics, of course, uh, those of us in the baby boomer uh, generation are getting more mature. And, uh, <laughs> We're all getting more mature every day. <laughs> Receiving and things from AARP in the mail, maybe? No. I am still uh, oh got to talk to AARP. <laughs> no. How they got my name oh, and I address, know. I don't know. I tipped them off. I, I, no, I just... Oh, you did it. <laughs> I took them Fine. Off. Yeah. I told them well, what your birthday was. No. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Well, anyway, well, we loved it. And, and you know, we, we kid about that yeah. here. But ARP has, has been a wonderful partner over the years. Uh, uh, they have actually sponsored uh, the building of wheelchair yes. ramps, uh, probably right. about mm-hmm. 17 to 20, I think, Lots. over the years yeah. that mm-hmm. they've uh, helped sponsor. And, and so it was good nature ribbing there, yeah. although <laughs> as, fun. as I get more mature, it gets a little more anyway. Uh, so how can people get connected with yes. you? How can they find out about this? And, and I want to point out, too, that they can call our information and assistance. We have that toll-free number. That's 800-510-2020. So it's toll-free from anywhere. And this is Stanislaus County, though. There are different programs in different counties. So this is right. pretty much the Stanislaus County, California. But that number is a, a toll-free number statewide to get connected to their area in San Aging. Or you can call directly, which is the 209-558-8698. That's our senior information line, and we'll explain all the programs because we have the PEARLS program, which is a little bit more structured. We also have something as simple as a friendly visitor program where they don't have to go through so much training, but they mm. still visit twice a month. And So there's all kinds of different opportunities here, but they're all in-home, and they're going to the most frail and isolated people. So much opportunity, so much need. As we we know, you know it, Jill, as you're out and about in the community, and we do too, because so many people qualify for this. So that's why the training, and and this is needed, the peer peer training is needed, and the home visitations. Yes, yes. You know, it's it's hard to think. We could probably all think of someone that, you know, you would benefit from this. But what we didn't expect sometimes is a little bit of resistance from people to accept the help. So we, you know, I think we have about 20 people enrolled in Pearls, and as I said, we have eight peer counselors about to get the training. So we're we're really going to, you know, be able to get out there on a much grander scale. But it's it's funny we have to kind of have this little bit of resistance for from folks and hopefully we can somehow also train people about that this opportunities how to approach people and how to encourage them to kind of accept help. Well, there's a generational thing about that. I mean, I mean you there look is. at uh, those many who, who who are being visited, you know, born in the 30s, uh, 20s, late 20s, 30s. Coming out of the depression, living through that, you know, you became very self-reliant, Absolutely. and you don't accept help. You you offer it, but you don't accept it yourself, you know. And so that 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 becomes a, a tough thing to get over. Uh, let me give those numbers once again. Again, if you're outside the 209 area, you want to save a little. Um, a few shekels in calling just to find out about uh, the programs that are available here in Stanislaus County. The 1-800 number is 800-510-2020, 1-800-510-2020. And if you're here in the Central Valley, it's 209-558-8698, 209-558-8698. So we want to expand that, and also we want to remind you to mark your calendars for October 15th. Yes. And uh, it's a very important day, Jill, right? It is, the Healthy Aging Summit. And, and it's uh, at Center Plaza in Modesto, downtown Center Plaza. And it's a big, it's our biggest uh, single health fair type thing just for seniors. Yes. Um, so we're really excited about it because we'll have all of the major players in healthcare there, a lot of health screenings there, and, of course, our fall prevention yes. section to help with that too. So it's a big event, and, and they can call that same number to get more information about, about those services. That is a dynamite event. 
I mean, you do a lot of dynamite things here, Jill. Thank I mean, uh, the area agency, and, and uh, I have sung your praises, by the way, to other counties. Oh, you know, because we, we got a guy that, that's on the verge of going into homelessness, uh, a personal friend of mine in the, in the Bay Area, and I've talked to your counterparts uh, in, in Santa Clara County and uh, told them how wonderful you guys are here. And so I said, so my expectation is you're going to be as wonderful as Jill. And, <laughs> and, and, and they are. Good, They're the great people. And, and if you know, if there's an area agency on aging, which there probably is if you live in California near you, uh, in your county, why we, we encourage you to take advantage of that. Anyway, this Healthy Aging Summit is just absolutely dynamite. It certainly I mean, the, the screen, you have hearing screening and... Yes, yeah, bone density, and... cholesterol, diabetes screening. There's a lot of information there, um, and there's a lot of you know goodies. But I think people come there for flu shots sometimes, mm. and then go through all the booths to find out what else is available. And it's very you know a lot of education, a lot of services that they don't realize are there to help them. So it's it's health focused, but in in a lot of different ways too. It's also about independent housing and and different recreation activities. And like I say, fall prevention is always a big topic. And, and I want to give uh, some credit to the Healthy Aging Association. Uh, they're the one that coordinate the, this event each year and are an important partner to us in, in getting, keeping this going. Now, how old do you have to be to get in? <laughs> you know, we get that every year. Hey, it's, it's the 50-plus crowd, that AARP crowd that we we're looking at. <laughs> So I can just kind of squeak in there a little bit, yeah. And they don't turn younger folks away, but it really is aimed at the older adult. Fine. (laughs) So we'll expect to see you there. You know, Advancing Vibrant Communities has been there for the past few years, and we just thrilled to be there. It is great, and we just hope that uh, our listeners and and people in the community are, and and for those communities and listeners who are uh, listening wherever you may happen to be, we certainly appreciate you doing that and hope that you are fortunate enough to have something like that in your area. And it is a free event, and it It starts at 8 a.m., so come early if you want to get the health screen. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and that's at the yeah. city center by the Double Tree Modesto Hotel, Center right? Plaza, right. The Modesto that's Center that Plaza. Ninth or Tenth Street and K, something. Right. Like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we uh, thank you so much, Jill. And you might as well just spend the rest of the week with us because you're going to be back next uh, week. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to be back. We uh, we love the partnerships that we share here uh, in this county. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, we met Cynthia Wilson at a a recent STOAC meeting, and Cynthia was so gracious to share her unique uh, presentation with us at a recent uh, meeting there. And Cynthia has a a beautiful display here, and she's probably going to organize all of that here because when we come back uh, from our uh, song that we've invited, actually, the classic group Chicago. uh, And they're going to sing uh, Color... Our world here, here on Lighthouse Live this week. So we want you to color along with us. And uh, Cynthia is going to have us do some artwork probably here in the next half hour. But uh, we'll be back with you right after this. So stay tuned.
The other trumpet players and I in high we wanted to be Chicago. I, know you did. I mean, I know there's just the instrument that that group just. I mean, they really did. They they, they were they were a change agent in in music. They really and, really and, were. And Do you know? I, I had the extreme fortune to bring Chicago on stage one time in did you Indiana. really? Did Is that the right? Beach Boys, and it was just the highlight of my radio career. It really was, and it was just awesome. But anyway, Chicago here on Lighthouse Live mm. with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Cynthia Wilson and Jill Erickson, and we just are pleased to have you here with us because. You know, maybe as part of your art project, you could draw a trumpet. <laughs> and maybe that would mean something because everything means something. I don't want and to dishonor the trumpet. Well, no, by of my course artwork. not. But I'm you sure know, that I mean, you could give honor to that and it would mean something deep. And well, we're going to let Cynthia bail us out because she has. It's this getting wonderful... deeper here. <laughs> Glad we wore our boots. Cynthia, thank you for joining us tonight. Oh, thank and, you for having me. And, and help us to understand. And, you know, I. I once was told that radio is theater of the mind, and as you brought these wonderful pictures that you share with your clients, and as you help them through many issues of their lives, including uh, memory loss and um, past issues of their lives, and you help them deal with things in their lifetimes, um, explain to us how that comes about and what it is that you are able to help them cope with and how that happens. Okay. Um, well, kind of what Jill was talking about earlier when she was talking about the peer counseling program, that's a lot of the population that I work with, people that are dealing with life-changing issues that um, you either don't have a support group to kind of help you through it or you've never seen anybody else go through it, so how are you supposed to know how to go through it? And you kind of stumble your way through trying to work things out, and sometimes you trip over a few rocks, and it makes it a little bit harder. So. Um, I work with people with dementia. I work with the families of the people with dementia. Um, that would, I would say, is my biggest population. Mm. Um, but I do also work with uh, stroke survivors, uh, people who've had amputations, kind of re-coming to terms with this is who I was, this is what's happened to me, and this is who I am now, and kind of yeah. rediscovering yourself, who you are now, and your place in the world where you are now, and kind of regaining that hope and self-confidence. Photo art. Why and how do you how does that work? The phototherapy, um, there's a couple different ways to do it, and one of the ways that I do it with um, dementia patients in particular is I have I, I'm a photographer, so I'll take a bunch of photographs that I've taken from various trips I've taken around the world and just simple things and complex things. And most of the pictures are usually black and white. It tends to work out better when they're black and white. Mm. Um, leaves a little bit more, I think, to the imagination and creativity of the mind. And I lay them, just spread them all around over the table. And then let the people in the group just kind of dig through them and pick up certain one that just really calls to them. And then we'll talk about it. Why? Try and figure out why you seem so connected with that. What is? What memory does that bring up? Um, sometimes it won't bring up an immediate memory. Like um, for myself, the first time I ever did it when I was learning how to do it, I picked up a picture. I had no idea why I picked it up, but I just loved it. There were hundreds of pictures on the table. I looked through all of them in this one. It was a picture of somebody, basically, it looked like you were looking through a screen door, and there was a little tear in the screen door and a kind of a faded-out porch and a walkway. And you couldn't really tell much of the details. And in the process of figuring out if I was in the picture, where would I be? Um, where would I go? Who would I be with? All these, like this list of questions you can ask about the picture. What would the picture say to you? What would you say to it? 
it ended up reminding me of something that my dad and I did when I was really young. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just... And you discovered kinda, that. And yeah. I discovered that in, in going through the series of questions. And I know that that's why I was drawn to that picture. Because there was a memory somewhere in my mind mm-hmm. that yeah. connected to it. It just wasn't conscious. It was in my subconscious. And that's where the phototherapy helps connect with your subconscious, as does the art therapy. So, so it's not always a bad memory. It no. could be something good. Yes. But yes. you do help a lot of people with traumas and mm-hmm. crises and um, things like that as well. Mm-hmm. So to, and, and tell us, how does that fit into receiving that gift of hope? What mm-hmm. what, what is it about recognizing that trigger, you know, that uh, that visual that suddenly says, wow, man, that, that triggers something back in my mind. How, how does that play into giving that person hope and and uh, giving them some some peace maybe in, in a tumultuous well, time sometimes uh, it can just give you that little bit of feeling of control back again mm. where mm. when things are changing in your life without your choice you, you have no control over them your driver's license is being taken away you're you got sick and now you're toes are being amputated I mean whatever it is those are things that you have no control over mm. them and you feel like okay, well, I have no control, then what's the point in me continuing to try to do things? Why should I live anymore? And giving you that recognition and realizing what it is, what that trigger is, kind of gives you a little bit of that sense of control back, and um, that can give you the idea that, okay, everything isn't out of my hands. And, I mean, there are certain things that are, and that's okay, too. You know, some things are and some things aren't, and and either way, it's okay, and I'm okay. And just something positive. Yeah. You know, something positive to connect to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that people sometimes they get so depressed, so they sure. they isolate themselves even more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's mm-hmm. one way to reach those people when they won't come out, you know, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Tell us what the, the reaction of dementia patients as something is triggered. I mean, you know, oftentimes we, we understand that those long term memories are are are, are pretty amazing. Um, what does that do for the dementia? What, what do you see happen to them and their faces and their eyes when when something triggers? Oh, they light up. It is amazing. You can see them come into the group, um, whether they want to be there or they're kind of resistant to being there. They don't know mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, their shoulders are kind of slouched down. Their body kind of leans forward a little bit. And you can just see they they just look tired. And they look just worn out, like they just need to go take a really long nap. And they come in and they sit there. And then they start doing some watercolor painting and all of a sudden something triggers and they'll sit up. You can see their face and their eyes, just everything light up. Right. Maybe they'll do like a little giggle, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And they, they might not even look at you. They'll be painting and they'll just kind of, <laughs> and then they'll just keep painting. And you can tell that even if they're not able to vocalize what their memory was or what their connection was, they're happy now. And that's the important part. It's not necessarily even if they ever remember that they did that painting or that artwork or if they were ever in the group. It's that you've now put them into a positive emotional and mental state and that will stay with them through the rest of the day what about couples and families cynthia like uh, who are dealing with alzheimer's and things like that memory loss and can you work with families yeah definitely definitely um i've done some work where i'll work with the family and the person who has the dementia if it's the if they're like earlier stages of Mm -hmm. it so that they're still it's kind of the family struggling with is my dad doing these things on purpose? Is it part of the disease? I feel like 
he's picking on me on purpose. He's specifically, I ask him to do something and he's specifically not doing it. And so it's working with that. And then the person who has it, they're still aware that they're getting a disease and it's the struggle of them knowing where they're going to end up going. And they're knowing that they're not going to be able to remember their family anymore and them having to say goodbye before they're even gone. And, and it's that kind of struggle. And so working, working with the whole family to realize the emotional seriousness that even the person who has the disease is going through. Cause a lot of times the family feels like they're doing this to me and it's not, it's the disease and it's kind of working with that and getting that. Here you mentioned it helps reduce stress and manage behaviors and all kinds of different things. I mean, this can be used for lots of different areas. It's very multifaceted. It's easy, very easy to manipulate and change to whatever type of population you need. I mean, I don't work with all populations, but there are lots of other art therapists out there. Uh, Most of them, sadly, are over in the San Francisco area. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But the school that I went to, University of Notre Dame, Dana Muir, is down in Belmont, just south of San Francisco. So there's lots of them over there on the peninsula and stuff. So um, if you ever need someone that, if it's a population that I'm not able to work with, there are plenty of people that I can refer you to, either to go over there or I could see if maybe they could meet and do a halfway. Very nice website and brochure, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. So it sounds like you have two streams now that you've mentioned. One is looking at art uh, to seeing what triggers, and the other uh, stream is actually participating and cre- and creating your own uh, art. Yes. Uh, what are values to both? Uh, are there certain things you do with one you don't do th- with the other, or do you use them in tandem? Yeah, depending on the population, you're not going to do everything with every population. So one of the reasons I mainly do watercolor with dementia patients is it's considered a very fluid medium. And so um, it's it's calming. It's going to help to calm them down. It's going to help to focus them. And it being fluid, there's something about the fluidity of it that it connects to memories in the brain. Hmm. It causes your brain to kind of trigger and it gets to memories. There was one gentleman that I... Um, worked with when I was working with the Alzheimer's Association, they have a memories in the making program. This was when I was still in school and he didn't want to come to the group. Finally, we got him there. He painted a blue squiggly line across the page, one just line and then a little gray shape sitting on top of the water. And well, at the time we didn't know it was water. And as soon as he painted the gray squiggly line, he started crying and he said, I have to leave. Mm -hmm. And so as I was taking him to his room, I I said, you know, I just want to make sure you're okay. Um, You seem to have gotten upset. And he said, well, I had a twin brother and we both went into the Navy together Mm -hmm. and he died and I didn't. Mm -hmm. And he had never talked about his twin brother to the family. And now this, just this one maybe took him three minutes, blue line, gray spot. When I went back and looked at the table, you could tell it was obviously water with a naval ship on there. But before he told me that story, I probably wouldn't have recognized it as that. But then the positive aspect is that from then on, he was able to talk to his family about his twin brother. Wow. Mm-hmm. Opened up the line yes. of communication, so, didn't it? Yeah. That's, wow. So, And then other populations, um, watercolor might not work. It just depends on what their... I, Figure out what their strengths are, and then pull on whatever those strengths are. And so I use a way wide variety. Of and who knows how long he was holding that in? I, yeah, I know. know. Could be almost a lifetime. Sure. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, he was in his eighties, and so yeah. he went in when he was nineteen. So I mean, yeah, <laughs> it was a long time he was holding that in. That's incredible. Yeah. What are uh, you have a, a watercolor painting here? Yes. And. Uh, 
if you want to hold that up to the microphone so that people can hear it. I'm being facetious, but um, you know, it's got uh, kind of pastel colors, blues mm-hmm. and greens, and and uh, various shades there, some yes. some browns, various de- uh, degrees. Um, if you were working with uh, a, a senior, and and how how would you approach that picture with them? What, what what questions would you ask? How would you engage them with that particular picture? Painting? Well, this painting was done by one of the clients that mm-hmm. I was working with. And it's not so much just engaging them after it's done. It's also engaging them during it. Mm-hmm. The main part of the art therapy is the process, not the actual product that comes at the end. Um, and with her, the process, this was the third time that we had met. And the first time she was, she's a, a, a sewer. She does embroidery. She does sewing. She does clothes, very precise, measured out stuff. And she came to the group and she said, this isn't what I do. I can't do this. I don't, I, I need specific things. And watercolor, you can't be that specific and precise. It's, it's because it's fluid. It can, if you get the paper a little wet, it'll bleed, you know, and she doesn't have that much control and she wanted that control. And so by the third group, she was then doing this where she came to the group and she said, you know what? I'm so glad I come here. This Mm. is the only group that I'm able to come to where I feel like I can be whoever I want and do whatever I want. Non-judgmental. Yes. Yes. And she, and she, um, she's also losing her vision as well. And so, um, I've, seen her it's been about three months now that I've, I go every week to this particular facility and um, she's at a point where she doesn't even know what color she's choosing when she's putting them on the paper and this one here is a tree she said she was thinking of a tree she goes I hope it looks like a tree because I can't really tell and I don't know what colors I put on there but I think it is one of the most beautiful trees yeah, I is. wish yeah, trees absolutely. look like really that is. I mean yes. it's got the purple I mean she's d- definitely started out with the brown and the trunk and then it's got these beautiful Almost looks like a peacock tree or something. There's just all these beautiful yeah, colors huh. in it. Uh, yeah. That's a good way to see underwater. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, just being able to come and do that is what her thing is. I'm so. glad you brought that out because I remember the day that you shared at the Stoac meeting, you passed around papers and and pencils, and coloring um, devices for everyone mm-hmm. to to draw on or you know scribble on or whatever they wanted to do while you were presenting and. Only one person mm-hmm. out of that entire room did it, Cynthia, and there were, I think everyone was reluctant to do it because they were what afraid to. What? What? A was... lot of people feel like they're going to get judged. I mean, you from mm-hmm. elementary school Skill when you start level. coloring. That's me. It's me te- too. You teachers know? and stuff, and and even parents and friends. Well, they look at yeah. They look at stuff and they go, "Wow, you did a really good job on that house," but it should have a chimney or your triangle on the top is a little crooked or there's usually some sort of, because when you're kids, they're trying to help you grow and help you do better with things, but it's also being judgmental and not don't color outside the lines. And well, when you color a picture of a, of a tree, well, the top is supposed to be green and not, Purples and blues. And the flowers stuff. are supposed to look this way. And, yeah, you know, exactly. I can't even do stick figures well. So. I'm, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I am in your camp. And so that's exactly why I did not do it. Now, that painting on the floor is something more along the lines. What What is this about? This is uh, another woman. She's um, at a different facility that I work at, and she's Japanese. It okay. looks like Japanese. Yeah, skills. so she initially, she just did the circle here in the middle, and she wasn't exactly sure where to go with that. And some, somebody else in the group mentioned that it looked like a moon. 
So then she wrote uh, in Japanese, she wrote the characters for Moon. And then over here is her signature. And I don't remember what actually she wrote here, which is kind of funny because this was a memory impaired client. And I'm now mm. not remembering what she wrote on there. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just very basic and very simple. And she loved doing it. And it also got her, she was new to the facility. So it got her connected with the other people in the group. They were able to find out, oh, her background, she's from Japan. And, oh, look at that, she writes characters. And so then they started talking about the moon and that that has a strong connection with Japanese character or with Japanese culture. And it got her kind of connected and feeling like she was part of the facility now, too. So that was a good drawing for her to do. And it's something so simple, but really, I really But it was that. really meaningful. Yeah, yeah meaningful and a lot of people actually look at it and they seem to like it a lot, even mm -hmm. though it's just so basic. I, I saw something that made me smile in it, so I, I thought it was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Cynthia, did you oh, yeah. tell a story about a woman who was in a recovery um, facility or in a, a group that maybe she was an, an alcoholic and she was there oh, for the first yes. time? Can you, can you share <laughs> that story with, with yes. our listeners? Yes, um, that was another facility that I was at, and it, she... I think she'd been living there for about six months, mm -hmm. and she was an alcoholic, and they were struggling with her. You're allowed to have alcohol on the premises, but they were struggling with her not drinking to excess and then going out to the dining room and trying to have lunch or trying to go to the yoga classes while she was drunk. And I showed up to do a class, and it was the second or third class of me being there. And just before my class every time was a yoga group. And she decided she was going to go to the yoga group. And there was a gentleman that was trying to do one of the poses or whatever, and she didn't think he was doing it right. So she, in her mind, she was helping him do it, and she ended up almost hurting him. Mm -hmm. So then the administrator at the facility had to have a talk with her. And so from her perspective, she was getting in trouble. She was being scolded for trying to help somebody else, mm -hmm. and all she was trying to do was help. Well, if she hadn't been drunk at the time, she probably could have helped him. But yeah. because your senses kind of get... Mm -hmm. a little distorted. Mm -hmm. um, so she went ahead and came to my group. She, she had a talking to, and then she came to my group and we were doing watercolor. And um, her first picture that she did, she ended up doing a series of three. She did it really quickly. She just grabbed the stuff and it was very jagged and lots of bright reds and blacks and Anger. browns. Mm -hmm. Yes, it was very, mm -hmm. it had a lot of intense emotion. And when you look at it, it feels very energetic. And then she was going to go. She, she said, okay, I'm done. I'm going to go. And I said, well, we still have some time left. You know, why don't you go ahead and do another one? You did that one really well, and you seem to do it really quick. I'm sure you have plenty of time to do another one. And she, oh, okay. And so she did another one. And the next one was, instead of the jagged lines up and down, it was more um, kind of back and forth on the page. And the colors were a little bit softer, and she changed brushes. So the first brush was a fan brush, so it leaves lots of spiky marks when you paint with it. Okay. The next brush she changed, and it was a little smoother. And um, still kind of similar colors, but a little bit softer motions. Then she, she I didn't even ask, ask, have to ask her to do the third one. She just said, okay, I'm ready to do another She's one. getting into it now. Yeah. <laughs> and so she did the third one, and the third one she spent the most time on. And it's just, she used lots of water, so it's lots of blending and smooth, wavy lines and light purples and blues and pinks. And when she got done, she just kind of sat there and you could see that she just, her shoulders dropped and she, you could tell she was just relaxed. Mm. And I said, you look really relaxed now. And she goes, I feel great. <laughs> and I she said, well, it out. yeah, she got it. She was able to get it out of her system. And I said, how did you feel on that first one? It seems like there's a lot of energy in there. And she goes, oh, I was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, but I'm really glad that I did the three because I feel like I'm okay now. And mm -hmm. I understand 
why they talked to me. And then she was also able to talk about it in the group and explain why she was upset in the beginning and why she felt like she needed to just go back to her room and hide Mm -hmm. where she probably would have gone back to her room and drank some more. So luckily for an hour, I kept her away from that, got her emotions to calm down and then she went on to lunch. So taught her another way to work things through. Yes. Yes. Cynthia, how can people um, reach you if they're interested in the photo art therapy that you have to offer? Um, my cell phone is always on me and sadly it's not a local area code number. It is a 707, um, because that's where my family all are. You're so. traveling. Yes. Yeah. And I travel everywhere. Yes. So my cell phone is 707-332-2349, but I also am very easily accessible. You can um, visit my website or go to my email and my website is www.uniqueimaging.org. And then my email is unique.imaging at yahoo.com. But if you go to my website, you can learn more about the art therapy. It has my email on there. There's a link to click on that says contact me, and that'll take you straight to my email and to my phone number and everything like that, too. And there's also an events page that tells you all the different places I'll be and the different things I'll be doing. Like, I'll be at the Healthy Aging Summit Great. doing, oh, good. Depre- doing so depression glad. screenings oh, and so doing uh, dementia screenings. Good. Mm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Once again, that phone number, friends, area code 707-332-2349. That's 707-332-2349. I'm so glad that you and Jill are here with us together this week because, you know, as we're out and about in the community, we meet uh, so many people in need who need both of these things. It's just like in concert together. I think mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out how we can even work together on something. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Definitely. in the future we can do that. Too. I know people that I want to refer to both of you. Yes. <laughs> Great. I really do. So this is just a, a really good thing and just delighted that both of you could be with us. Can I Thank mention you. one more thing? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So with the artwork, some of the facilities I go to do art auctions and do oh. them as fundraisers oh. cool. for Alzheimer's Association or the Alzheimer's Aid Society, which is our mm-hmm. local yeah. uh, Alzheimer's chapter. Mm-hmm. So there's on September 22nd at Elk Grove, the Commons at Elk Grove, they're doing an art auction from three to six. September 24th, from 6 to 7.30, the Commons at Dallas Ranch, which is in Antioch, is going to be doing their art auction. Both of those go to the Alzheimer's Association. They're raising money for the Memory Walk in Sacramento. Wonderful. And then on October 20th, if you want to help the local chapter, which is the Alzheimer's Aid Society, located here in Modesto, and they have a branch in Sacramento, um, on October 20th, from 3 to 7, at Astoria Gardens in Tracy, they're going to be doing an art auction. So that's a great way to kind of give back to the community, see the artwork. And this is all artwork done by dementia residents that's going to be auctioned off. Isn't that fabulous? Yes, yes. All right. One last uh, question for for both of you. And, uh, you know, again, we're we're trying to engage the community in in a society that uh, tends to be somewhat self me focused. I want to engage people to get them out into the community and, and participate in these things very quickly. We have about, uh, what, 30 seconds left or so. Jill, what would you say to people to encourage them to become in, uh, involved uh, in our community? And then uh, Cynthia as well, maybe just a couple of words to families who may have uh, people who are struggling with major changes in their lives. Maybe give them a few words of comfort about uh, being able to take advantage of, of what you have to offer. Let's, uh, let's start with Jill. Well, thank you. You know, I I think about this a lot, actually. Um, You know, there's people who are kind of used to being involved, used to being connected with their their churches or with Mm -hmm. community clubs, and people who just have never 
been part of that kind of world. My own parents never really have been involved in a, a club or an organization, and, and getting them to consider even trying something new like that's always been very difficult. Mm-hmm. And you know what, what's interesting is they, I think, what's the alternative? You know, <laughs> you know, we've got to, you know, you either accept things the way they are, or you make a difference. And I'm hoping that you know to challenge people to make a difference. Don't just accept things. And it's as simple as a neighbor, you know. It's as simple as someone who you just happen to meet. Um, so, you know, it's good for both of you. I think you get in reward helping someone much more. Um, I'm sure you all feel the same way. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, it, it really helps you grow. Um, it helps you. Uh, it, it's just a feel-good thing to get out there and make a difference. So I hope that uh, that encourages people to take a chance and try something like this. You can always stop. You that's know, right. if you're a volunteer, mm-hmm. that's the thing about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you can say, I'm not going to come anymore. But yeah. um, I think once they come, they're, they're going to be hooked. Cynthia, a word of encouragement to families maybe to take an advantage of what you have to offer here. Um, I would say if I'm not in your community and you'd like me to come there, Ask around. Um, I'm always looking for facilities to allow me to come mm-hmm. in and do groups. Some of the places will let me come in, and um, they'll just kind of host it, and you come in and pay a very small fee of like seven or ten dollars. Wow. So I, I awesome. my fees are very reasonable depending on what the area is. So don't get discouraged. Don't think it's too expensive because I know a lot of people think therapy is. So um, it's out there, and uh, send me an email. Ask me any question you want, and I'm there for you. Cynthia Wilson and Jill Erickson, thank you both. God bless you. Thank you.